happy Thursday and the last catch up Thursday of this season of Adam versus the man. Very excited. We got a lot of headlines. Good stuff. It's it's been so much fun. And I I have a lot of mixed feelings about the format switch that we're going through. I got obviously it's my choice. I'm for it. I love it. And I think what we're doing is going to be a lot better media production in terms of quality versus quantity, being able to put more production effort into a weekly four-hour show than trying to do a two-hour show five days a week. But, man, I love doing the news this way. I love my daily audience. I love the people who are able to make the time to spend two hours a day with me every morning or evening or whatever it is you get through this podcast. But uh, catch-up headlines today. We're going to be a lot organized, a lot more organized in a different way when we come back. For those of you who have been watching this week, next Tuesday is the last episode of Adam versus the man in this format. When you see me Wednesday, I will be bald and shaved. I mean, Wednesday, we're going to have a little announcement to say, you let everybody know. So we have a video at the same lifetime telling everybody we're taking off three weeks and we're coming back as a weekly show Wednesday evenings. It'll still be more or less this format. Me talking, StreamYard, logos here, URL down here, guests, news stories. Jim will be producing. Joey will be co-hosting. Ed Vallejo, who is co-hosting today, will be our ombudsman. Yes, look it up. I, I, I should look that up because I called him that. And then I was like, well, what, what is that? Well, you're going to be doing uh, you're going to be doing comments like normal. We're going to have lots of comments. Uh, we're going to have uh, Ed correcting me at the end of every episode as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Today he is co-hosting. So he will be able to correct me uh, in real time and put comments on screen. We also have Greg Gibson joining us briefly for an update on a North Carolina mask protest that he hosted last week. We've got some news sort of out of Afghanistan, but more more relevant for us American terrorists. Yeah, because if you're a libertarian, you're a terrorist, according to government. You know, I mean, uh, oh, well, not that we just let it slip there. Well, how many times? How many times? Has government called people terrorists for being libertarian? Directly on TV a few times in the last year, we've seen, I think it was Brennan did it last. Uh, but remember, like, after after 9-11, remember 9-11? Uh, Patriot Act. And I know Ed is, is going to have some opinion on this, weighing in based on his activism experience. Uh, after the terrorist attack of 9-11, we had to have the Patriot Act. Had to have it. Had to have it to protect us from it happening again. Uh, never mind all the other things we that are more deadly that we would have needed to more righteously protect ourselves from happening ever again, even back then. But one of the uh, provisions of the Patriot Act, uh, or I should say a, a number of provisions of the Patriot Act, uh, added up to a massive expansion of the surveillance state and the police state that in a lot of ways was targeted at political dissidents and definitely included anybody who was libertarian leaning. So with that, uh, we got Joe Rogan getting sick and getting better and getting made fun of for how he did it. I, I mean, this is, I, I hate to praise the guy who censored me after having me on the show. Uh, but Joe Rogan uh, is, is right now an incredible 
vehicle for truth with with what he's done with his COVID case and treating it and talking about it publicly. So we're going to get to his treatment regimen. But first, oh, and then, and by the way, we got, we got some, yes, some weather updates. And today, I'm, I'm going to do our weather updates after the producer notes when we have uh, Jim and Ed on screen because our weather update today ends with psychedelic toads. I'll explain. Jim, give us the producer notes. Good morning, everybody. Psychedelic totes. That's a, a good lead in for the I'm interested and I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. So t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. That's a public telegram channel. We've told you about it every day because we want everybody on the planet to join it and be a part of it and participate. We have all the links of everything we're going to cover, even that Joe Rogan story he was talking about. All those links are in t.me forward slash telegram t.me forward slash adam versus the man the telegram channel uh patreon.com forward slash adam versus the man we have a one five ten even a fifty dollar a month package ten dollars a month is a sweet spot that'll get you access to the private producers club everyone's welcome to the public producers club you got to buy access or win uh win a contest when we have them to get access to the private producers club next we talk about instagram it's at the garden of freedom is the handle you search for to get all kinds of pictures and videos of the hard work there is how, what hard work it is to build a homestead up there in northern Arizona and all the fur babies of Gardenia. You can see everything. Uh, definitely great pictures and videos of all the four seasons in Gardenia. So definitely get connected to that. Next, HomefrontBattleBuddies.com, veterans nonprofit that's using alternative therapies to try to end the need for combat veterans in the first place. If you'd like to help them in their efforts, just know that anything you donate to HomefrontBattleBuddies.com is theft deductible so that's uh the best feature about it so you can save yourself some of your theft the crypto the number six.com the bitcoin church that was rated up in Keene, new hampshire if you're sitting flush on some cryptocurrencies of any of these on the qr codes you can scan those codes send them some of those uh cryptocurrencies to help them with their legal funds write to mr nobody who's still sitting in a cage at this top link right here you can do those things via the crypto the number six.com and lastly we're going to remind you about the best website we send people to that want to learn more about solar panel micro wind power uh just making their home zero energy homes if you want to get yourself off grid no matter where you live you can educate yourself to do it yourself at gogreenenergyonline.com that's all i got for promos and i'm interested to see what this uh other thing is let's get our co-host up all right, to the weather updates with the psychedelic toads and Ed Vallejo. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gardenia from rainy Phoenix. How are you all? Wait, it, it rains in Phoenix? That's it. Yeah, every once in a while it does. I mean, we didn't get three and a half inches an hour like Ida put on New York last night, but well, we got some rain. Yeah, let's uh, start the weather block with that Daily Mail headline. Hurricane Ida killed at least, at least 15 across Northeast, including eight in New York City. Historic weather event paralyzes tri-state area as flash floods kill family of three in basement and turn streets to rivers. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland were slammed with floods on Wednesday night. At least 15 confirmed dead, eight people in New York, one in Maryland, six in New Jersey. A two-year-old boy who got trapped in a basement in Woodside, Queens, died, found with two relatives who also drowned. 
Uh, I'm in Passaic, New Jersey. A man in his 70s died in his car when it became became overrun with water wow. road. You know, about, quick sidebar on that. I mean, I got so much I want to I want to comment on here. But uh, for for a lot of these people, I, I and I know. Look, I. All right, let's go back to um, who's the big the, the biggest asshole comedian at the roast. Um, what's what's his name? Um, I'm just going to come to me as I tell this bit, but he says that he makes these jokes after natural disasters. Anthony Jeselnik, he says when people, when, when these natural disasters or, you know, the Boston Marathon uh, type, you know, tragedy happens, he's the first online to make really bad jokes about it and really offensive shit. That's, and, and people, you know, berate him, like, how dare you say that people are suffering right now. They're, they're at the finish line at the Boston Marathon putting on tourniquets and you're making jokes. It's like, well, I, I don't think anybody at these natural disasters is there like bandaging wounds and going, hey, man, how, how are we doing on Twitter? Are we trending? No, it's not for them. The point of this is not for those people of telling these jokes or, or making this commentary. It's for all the people who go, Thoughts and prayers. My thoughts and prayers go to the people in New York City. I, I want to put on my social media. I care. I'm a good person. I send my thoughts and prayers to those suffering with Hurricane Ida. You know what your thoughts and prayers mean to them? Jack fucking shit. <laughs> they're not watching you. And they're not going, hey, while, while we're drowning here, are there are there people on social media sending their thoughts and prayers? They're, they're just really, they better be sending their thoughts and prayers. No, because what those people are doing when they're sending their thoughts and prayers is saying, hey, you, you know how people are suffering right now? Well, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me over here, virtue signaling that I'm a good person too. And so fuck those people, you know, and and and, and fuck all the, the you know bullshit uh, psychological gratification of nonsense that comes out around tragedies like this. So I I I think I know that as a libertarian coming in here, uh, you know, saying, well, hey, let me point out, let me point out how we can stop this from happening again. It's not for the people who are suffering right now. They are not paying attention. This is for you who have the wherewithal to listen to this right now. And I don't know, maybe someone from New York will hear this later. But if you're fucking dealing with floods in New York, you are not listening to Adam versus the man. So let's have the rest of us at least take this as a teachable moment, shall we? <laughs> well said, Mr. Kokesh. All right. Well, with with due credit to Anthony Jesselnik for the parts of that rant that he he inspired, uh, obviously there was a bit of my own in there. I don't want to put all of that on him. Uh, but to, to the teachable moment here, there there are two things in this this quick sidebar that inspired that. A man in his seventies died in his car when it became overrun with water on the road, and I I I get that. I, I, I fucking tragic, absolute sympathy for this dude caught in the situation but hey let's not let his death be in vain shall we shall we learn something from it perhaps and i think like if if you're if you're vulnerable like that i think of a 70 year old man and, and i'm gonna be fucking fit and strong when i'm 70 but i understand the average 70 year old man is not that physically capable if you're in a car and and you are not reasonably physically fit 
you're vulnerable. You're more vulnerable than a fully physically capable person. By the way, by this standard, how many Americans are even normally physically capable? I have to try and inject a little bit more here. I mean, I don't think it had to do, he didn't die because of his lack of physicality to be able to get out through the water and everything. I think it was more, he's old, his thought processes were failing, and he had was in a car that was in a bad position. Maybe he got blocked in and couldn't get out. And the water okay. How long does it take water to engulf a car that you're in? Quite a while. Okay, I mean, fair, enough, fair enough. You know what? Fair enough, Ed. In this case, you're right. I'm reading too much into this. His age could be completely irrelevant. And I, I, would, I, would, I would argue with you there. The average 70-year-old has more body failure than mental failure. 80, 90 years old, maybe it's whatever. I don't know. They're parsing that apart as an irrelevant sidebar here. He could have been someone completely healthy, right, who right. was caught in a flash flood, flood while driving and wasn't able to get out. I, I'm presuming that being elderly, he was somehow trapped in a situation where if he was physically capable, he could have at least rolled down the window, even if he was pinned or trapped or figured out a way to get out of the car, but he couldn't. I mean, this is this is okay. hold on. This hold is on. this is this hold is a on. horror scene. Hold on, this is this. But my point of what I said, my point is, is that this is typical of mainstream media that will only give you a soundbite portion of the information you need to know to process what actually happened and use that soundbite to evoke the emotion they want you to have. Well, here's here's the bigger point. I mean, two two points. One, if you're if you're old and vulnerable physically, bring that situational awareness to when you're driving, especially because you have put your lives your life in the hands of other people. That's a fact of just moving around other people with vehicles that, you know, right. some gets drunk, whatever. I, I am an extremely prepared driver. In my pickup truck, I have an emergency comfort bag with clothes and food and medication and blankets and towels and shit for other people. Like I could pull up to any disaster and, and a first aid kit. You know, I could pull up to any disaster situation. I could right. live in my car for a week if I had to. I've got extra water. I've got two toolboxes. I've got a gas can. I've got a water, uh, a, a cube, a seven gallon cube. I've got a cooler if I need it for storage. I got shit for my dogs. Like I, I got uh, all the the essential tools for off roading. Not all. I wish I could have it more decked out. Trust me. <laughs> but like yeah. most, like, and and it's not, you know, what do you need in in an emergency? It's not like oh, you need a high lift jack and a winch. It's yeah, usually a winch. like, well, a winch something. You know, but it's normally more like you need a shovel and a blanket. Yeah. You know, and you need some food. Or you need, you need allergy medication for someone who's got an, uh, an asthma attack or or hives or, you know, it, it, it's that kind of being prepared and driving. And, and, and I'm, I'm projecting, but an old man driving a sedan in New York City with with no preparation, no ability, nothing even in the car to break a window, like one of those little emergency window breaking seat right. belt tools, you know, something like that. You know, and, and maybe that's not the case, Ed. You're right. We don't know. I'm, I'm projecting. No, I can imagine him getting gridlocked in and the water rising on him and him thinking it's not going to rise that much. And then he gets overwhelmed and can't get out. I can see right. that. 
Right, that too. Or I, I mean, I, I, I'm more inclined. Again, enough speculation. We're kind of projecting the situation. But you, when you're driving, so that's one point: is be a better prepared driver, especially if you're not physically fit, especially if you're elderly, especially if you're obese or overweight, or you have some physical disability. If you're depend, and this is this is something that that has been really relevant for me in uh, looking at COVID and talking about vaccinations and and upping the you know cycle and now you got to take them every six months and now there's pills on top and even like my I'll, I'll hold up my uh, you know my vitamin box as much as i love my supplements and i still take allergy medications uh in in my pursuit of health i have a very strong bias against taking any kind of medication that my health would become dependent on specifically that substance or that medication right. And I think about this in terms of uh, hair loss. Uh, for, for This is a real dumb, obvious example, but uh, Rogaine is the most common treatment for hair loss in men. And funny thing is, as, as I've been growing it out, it's kind of like naturally getting thicker. And it's like, shit, I, now does it, I, have, I have a bald spot covered up by my top knot. Here's the comment contest today, by the way. Place this line from a recent hit TV show. You know what I'm not afraid of? Bald cunts like you. You think you're fooling anybody with that top knot, you bald cunt? If you can tell me where that line comes from today, you win membership in the Producers Club. All right. Um, but it, it, Rogaine, it works. But if you stop using it, you lose all the hair that it got you all of a sudden. And it, and, it, and you can't just get it back. Like I didn't it's, know it's, that. <laughs> I didn't either. So imagine... And I know you can get it back with more Rogaine, but then you have to have more Rogaine. So I think like, what if I went to jail, you know, and, and if I don't ever want to be in a situation where, you know, like Henry David Thoreau in times of, of great injustice, the only place for a man of conscience is behind bars. Well, I'm a man of conscience and there might come a time where I have to say like, no, I'm going to put my, I'm going to draw the line here. I'm more inclined to fucking step back at this point than be confrontational. But I understand that even that logistic flexibility, what if there's a disaster and I have to run? You know, what if it's a, it could be a, a natural disaster, could be a legal disaster, could be a social disaster, you know, anything like that. I don't want to be dependent on any, anything that I don't absolutely have to be. Medication, injections, uh, hair treatment, whatever it is. So I kind of, I, I kind of refuse that. Uh, but anyway, to this case, someone in a, in a vehicle, if you're dependent on something, like be very conscious of that and, and don't find yourself in a situation where, as is always the case, when you're driving on government roads, your life is in the hands of, of, of the, the vehicle manufacturers and the road makers who are both basically set up and everything they do is determined by government policy. And obviously the roads are, are made by government, although you could argue that GM was bought and became government motors and blah, 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 blah. You know, lines between government and corporations. Um, but I'm thinking the floods in New York, it's not the first, I guess, record setting rains. It's not the first time it's, it's rained in New York. No. It's not the first time people have died in flooding in New York. Right. It's not the first time you've had people died in subways in the underground tunnels in new york because they don't have proper fucking drainage like you just you just trust like and, and i think back to the recent florida 
uh, apartment building collapse. And it's like, well, it, it, it doesn't matter who built it, who paid for it. Ultimately, government approved it, made it okay, protects people from liability if something goes wrong, and you have to think for yourself. And this is all the more reason, like, don't live in cities. Don't fucking live in cities. Don't spend time in cities. Like, uh, cities are, are dangerous for really dumb reasons. And the odds of being the victim of some man-made tragedy like this uh, go way up when you're in densely populated areas compared to sparsely populated areas. Am I reading too much into this, guys? Well, you don't have to worry about bear attacks. Living in a city, you don't have to worry about bears and wolves and, you know, spiders and snakes and all those things that can get you out there in the nowhere land. I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say this. I've heard better excuses from you about why not to live in a city. Being afraid of being hurt in a natural disaster. I mean, it, I almost feel like my, my, my contrarian argument to that might be in a city when there's a natural disaster, there's more people to help. You know what I'm saying? If you're, when you're living out there, if the flood comes around your ass, you're floating like this. Who's going to, is your neighbor 11 acres away going to hear you? You know, is he going to, or is he already evacuated? Jim, Jim, you know? That's why I'm on a promontory. Yeah. The difference is everything here is properly planned for drainage because I did it. <laughs> right? But I'm saying you know, the, world is, the world is funny like that. What if you I get put the buildings with, you know, no, but even, that's why even they then, call them accidents or unexpected. Cause you don't plan yeah. on them. You don't expect them. Okay. You know? Okay. So, so the, 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 the maybe maybe a more relevant lesson here. And by the way, the police state is a much more relevant very reason. Good, very the good. Medical Perfect. tyranny, taxation, Beautiful. the presence of bureaucracy, the voting with your dollars in support of the system is the court. <laughs> but the uh, court. Huh? Yeah, the the maybe the more important lesson here is when it comes to trusting your life in the hands of, of infrastructure with like even roads like if, if, if your commute is through a subway or, or like you know what's that tunnel under the bay and um in in baltimore you know it's, it's like this crazy like five mile tunnel that goes under the wall like it's fun to drive through but do you Scary. really want to like i i don't yeah. and, and if you're going if you're going to build stuff that comes with those inherent risks if you're going to build apartment buildings and under ocean tunnels to drive through and bridges and, and, and all of these things do like make sure they have real risk assessment and accountability, not just well government gave it the rubber stamp because someone bought off a bureaucrat. Adam, did you see in like Mississippi here a couple of days ago where a section of the highway sank like 30 or 40 feet and cars went ding, ding, ding. And, and a couple of them got killed. Jeez. That shit can happen to you anywhere at any time because infrastructure might've been planned, but right. there's maintenance on this yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, don't be a fucking lemming. And that's maybe that's, maybe that's one level deeper in this lesson is, you know, again, it's, it's again, it, think for yourself. The problem that we see is the universal thread here is blind faith in government well it's a government road government didn't put up a sign telling me i can't drive here therefore this road must be safe 
Well, the, the collapse of the apartment building in Florida, they had inspected it several times and it had failed inspection like for the three times before it collapsed and they still didn't do anything about it because it was full of people. Yeah. So a couple more headlines here. Let's get to the toads. New York Post, yeah. at least eight people killed overnight in this New York City historic flooding. Um, I mean, I think we've covered about covered more about this. I just wanted to include... Uh, the video, passengers stand on their seats as Queen's bus swamped by post-Ida floods. Yeah. Uh, Eyewitness News, ABC7NY.com, New York City National Weather Service issues first flash flood emergency. Wettest hour ever in Central Park. I suppose that's, that's recorded or since... That area became Central Park, not global history, obviously. But Central Park observed 3.15 inches of rain in one hour. Right. Wettest hour in New York City, record-keeping, dating back to 1870. Smashed a record set just last month on the night of August 21st when it got 1.94 inches. So actually, that is that is huge in terms of historically unprecedented but that's just the the hour part again i'm not going to let the government of new york off the hook for not planning for this quick update from california fires from reuters.com crews saved california town near lake tahoe wildfire rages on south lake tahoe stood smoke filled and largely deserted on wednesday after crews fought back a huge wind driven wildfire leaving the California resort town unscathed as flames crept on toward Nevada. U.S. President Joe Biden, in case you were confused that it was some other Joe Biden, approved a declaration of emergency in California and ordered federal assistance to boost local responders' efforts to battle the Caldor fire. Biden's action authorized coordination of disaster relief measures by the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA. Uh, this fire has been burning since mid-August, and the Sierra Nevada range still threatened homes and businesses near Lake Tahoe. So at least some progress there. But as to the rains, in Phoenix, as you mentioned there, Ed, we get rain here in Arizona in the mountains as well, and a fuck lot more than in Phoenix usually. And, and to remind everybody, it's not all sand and desert and cacti and smog and concrete like the phoenix valley we have beautiful mountains in northern arizona and uh we get a lot of rain here actually in the monsoon season and according to ktar news 92.3 fm ktar ktar dash com dot c oh <coughs> sorry i'm looking at the uh the amp link that someone sent that ed ed sent this one to the producers yeah. yeah i know all about it rain from monsoon season in arizona brings toxin toxic sonoran desert toads so uh this is it's funny that it starts with the warning right poison experts warn the sonoran desert toads that come out during the rain in arizona's monsoon season can be dangerous for humans and pets right the toads produce a toxin that's released through the glands behind their eyes. Right. Maureen Rowland, managing director of the Banner Poison and Drug Information Center, says a small amount on your skin won't cause much harm, but ingesting it or inhaling it will. It can cause hallucinations and some cardiac dysrhythmias. 
it can be very dangerous. Now, first of all, I hear hallucinations. Okay, not dangerous. Cardiodysrhythmias, as in like your heart beats faster and your rhythm changes. Right. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, sounds like a good time to me. Uh, but well, dysrhythmia is an irregular heartbeat. Right. Right. I know. I know. So it's uh, it's a little more a little more complicated than that, but right. uh, they're, they're like they're, this, this sounds like the uh, Family Guy PSA: Don't lick a toad. Right. Would you like me to explain? Ed has some Ed has some contrarian advice. No, I'd like to explain what's going on here. Uh, it depends. First of all, it depends on where you are of what this toad is called. In Arizona, it's called the Sonoran Desert Toad. In Colorado, on that, that side of Arizona, it's called the Colorado River Toad. And on that side, towards California and Indio, it's the California River Toad. Now, now what, whatever you call it, it is Bufo alvarius. Now, Bufo alvarius secretes the toxin bufotine from the skin, okay? That's the part that makes you sick. Dimethyltryptamine is the psychedelic drug that is secreted from the parotid glands from behind the eyes. Now, when the, the it gets you know on the on the toad and some of it gets on the toad, you can lick it and it you'll you'll trip, you'll hallucinate, but it'll make you sick because of the bufotine in the skin. It is possible to just massage the parotid glands behind the eyes, and a white milky substance will be excreted, which you can collect up on a petri dish. And you allow the, the, the moisture to evaporate from it. What is left is a powder with little crystals. The little crystals in the powder are crystalline dimethyltryptamine, which can be extracted and ingested or used by a human for a psychedelic experience. Now, I was first brought to this information from a 1974 pamphlet by Adam Gottlieb entitled Legal Highs. In it, it had all these different things, different cactuses and mescalines and things that you can legally, you know, use for expanding your consciousness. And it explained all these different things. Then later on, I read uh, Terrence McKenna's, uh, uh, his dissertation in Psychedelic Review on dimethyltryptamine. And he says it's like LSD, but it's different. And that LSD, it will affect your sine wave that when you go up after your trip, you come back down almost as low as you went up high, and it affects your sine wave. Dimethyltryptamine, it comes on within 90 minutes. You go up to your peak, and you go straight across, and you experience this for three to four hours. Then you come back down to where you started with no other... Uh, you know, no hangover, no wait, nothing. Wait, how was that ingested? Because I've smoked a lot of DMT, and smoking DMT hits almost immediately and is like, like a 15, 10, 15 10, 10 to 20 minutes. Okay, that's in, the ingestion. Nap. Right. McKenna talked about ingesting it. That's why it took nine, about 90 minutes for it to come okay, on. So ingesting, you it, hold on. My understanding with ingesting it, though, is that you need the ayahuasca, MAOI, uh, inhibitors, as in the, the there's a digestive enzyme that would just uh, destroy the DMT before it's absorbed. So how is that addressed in McKenna's oral ingestion? I have no idea. I don't remember. That was a long time ago I read that. I'm just going on what I can remember of all this stuff that I remember from Bufo alberius and Bufatine and, and, and dimethyltryptamine. So okay, that's so I, one, one other big question you probably can't answer then. I, I've read about 
native tribes that do bufo ceremonies where they actually, they call them bufo ceremonies. Maybe it's just the bufo frog and they're doing the DMT, but it's a different experience than, than right. DMT or ayahuasca. And specifically, they are ingesting in some way the, the, the bufo itself and having a, a, I guess, a controlled poisoned experience. Right. Now, I, haven't, I haven't ventured outside the lysergic acid or my, any mycology. I haven't gone beyond that. I haven't tried the ayahuasca or the DMT or ibogaine or any of those things, because basically because there's no a trusted source. Yeah. That, well, hey, if it's, if it's a, a frog you find in nature and you can, you can correctly identify it and know what you're doing with confidence, at least there you have a trusted source where you know you're you're getting exactly what you're collecting exactly you're doing right at least so it so we've got these toads here and joey was all excited because the other day i picked one up and it was it was tiny i mean like 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 would sit would fit on a quarter you know and i was i was just walking my dogs back to the cabin from the office uh like a couple evenings ago after one of the heavy rains and I saw just this you know, little thing moving on the ground. I go, that's not moving like a bug. That's got to be a frog. And I look down and I, and, and it's just, I barely see it. And I, I put my hand over it and I, you know, turn it up and I, I, I go and I shut, look, Joey, look, I got a, I got a toad. I got a toad. Look what I got. Look what I got. You know, and, she, and neither of us like recognize it as anything special. Um, but, is, is that what we're talking about? Are they that small? Because we have those here in Gardenia, and it's not the first time I've seen them, but they I've, I've only seen them after really heavy rains here. I don't know. I, I I haven't worked on identifying them yet. I'm not at that point, but I've always envisioned going to, going to uh, um, the border between Arizona and California because they're at the, the river is where they, where they mate. And you'd get thousands and thousands of them at a time. Yeah, I would think at the river they'd be there like year round, right? Yeah, but in the spring is when they all come out into the water and mate. That's when you can get the most of them at one time. Okay. Well, so so is it worth? So is is there a practical way of doing this and and keeping like? keeping a colony of them in a terrarium and then like just getting like is that is that a thing dmt farm like hey we've got a boof we've got a little bufo colony here in a terrarium anytime we want to do dmt we just grab a toad and dry some of their eye boogers out on a petri dish wouldn't be a petri dish you would you would do like on well on a, on a sterile surface right and, you know a little yeah anything just... and then they dry and then and then you have dmt to smoke you just take the crystals out, and there you go. I would pay somebody to get a big enough colony to just keep massaging frogs and keep that milk coming so that you can distribute yeah. the DMT. <laughs> yeah, they I don't think just so. one enterprising so individual. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to think that, I, I mean, to ponder the incredible phenomena of nature that there is an ayahuasca plant that has dmt in it that can be chemically or or cooked processed out of that and then either combined with another plant and 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 drank as an ayahuasca ceremony and have dmt or you can smoke that 
and make that at, at, at the DMT experience. Or you can take a frog and squeeze its eye boogers out and dry them off. And you have the same, is it, I mean, if that's pure DMT, then it's the same as you'd get. I mean, it's a molecule. Sure. It's, a, it's a complex molecule produced it, by a plant and by frogs in their eye boogers. You go, gee, how did nature come up with this? Adam, it, the the pamphlet Legal Highs from 1974, Adam Gottlieb, there is a, a complete section on cactus, okay? There are several cactuses, cacti that that you can peel the skin off and boil it up and you can skim off and you can come up with the psychoactive ingredients from different cactuses, which gives you different psychoactive and, and you know, experiences. But if I were to drive you around the city of Phoenix, the city of multi-million people and just drive around and point out the cacti in everybody's yard that would get the whole neighborhood just wiped out, wasted if they knew it was there. It's everywhere. There's a 14 different varieties of cacti here in Phoenix. I could drive around and come up with 10 truckloads that we could process all at once and come up with a 55-gallon barrel of trip my ass off and do whatever you want with it. But that's not me. <laughs> you know? Well, so... This is this is what gets me to my next question with this is the practicality of it. Like you said, I want to smoke like Jim and I have smoked DMT together and I, I don't remember the source and maybe we shouldn't mention it, but we we can safely say we've consumed it together. That's pretty easy. Right. Um, and it was it was but like every, and every time that I've smoked DMT. Let's see. Well, I should say I got it from somebody who extracted it from the bark himself at home. Uh, I got it in the mail from the Silk Road. I got it from a friend who decided who, who chickened out and didn't want to do it. Um, I got it from whatever Jim's source was there. Uh, no let smoke toads every day. <laughs> Lick toads every day. All right. Uh, now I got to now I got to get my shit up so we can do that and talk about COVID. Um, uh, by the way, Jim, I got a quick uh, production note. I can't see telegram during the show today because i don't have a separate hotspot without joey here i didn't plan for that oh, okay. um so if our guest is here um, he's not backstage right now so no. yeah okay, we got the link okay so and if anything important comes up in the producers club ed you know pop yourself on screen and and, and interrupt and let me know okay tonight. well I, I put stuff in there you know oh, i've got it i've got it well i've got i got the toad story i mean that's the most okay. important one no but here's, <laughs> so here's my point though here's well here's my, my bigger question and this gets to add your your story about or your, your idea and you and i have driven around phoenix together and i've seen you do this like and and most of them are uh san pedro cacti right Don't have to san pedro lots of them yeah that's like the big like upside you know it's just like uh green star shoots you know kind yeah. of it, anyway um, and, and that can be boiled down. What do you get out of San Pedro? What's this? What's the chemical? Uh, I didn't memorize all of that stuff. Sorry. It, 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 it's something related it's to mescaline type of. It's a mescaline or, type of drug. Mescaline. That's right. It's more like mescaline. Um, so, I wonder though, what is like? We can have all these fantasies, right? About well, you could get high from this, dude. Well, you could get high from this, dude. And I feel like a high school boy going like, "Oh, that would be awesome." Let's do. That. And then there's a certain challenge of like what's efficient and what's effective, right? And I've I I had a friend uh, 
with a San Pedro cactus, try to do it and make the tea and said it worked, but it wasn't that big a deal. And it was a lot of labor. And it's like, you know, yeah. it, 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 it is there. So I can say, like, I'm, I'm grateful for my ayahuasca experiences. Um, but if, if I had all the options with no legal restrictions, what would be the most efficient way for me to get the benefit of that? And what substances would still have a role to play? And, and by what sourcing would it be efficient? So, for example, um, I'm a big fan of, uh, of psilocybin and LSD and, uh, and, and uh, DMT, but they all have different applications. Right. Right. Like, you, I, you can't microdose on smoking DMT. I mean, you can't, no. but it's dumb. It's just dumb. It's a, it's, it's a waste of product because you don't get to a threshold uh, of stimulating a meaningful effect, and it's a transitory passing experience. I could be wrong. For people who have excess DMT, experiment with microdosing. Have fun. Knock yourself out. Um, but there's sort of a, there's also a limit to its applicability. Could I do DMT every day? Yeah, probably. And I have, but I, and I kind of got over it. You know, it was like, I went through that experience and it became masturbatory, you know? Uh, but I, I've done it now occasionally since then, since I, I went through a phase in 2013 when I was doing Adam versus the man from the basement in Virginia, I was getting DMT mailed uh, on the Silk Road and tried Changa, some, some variants on DMT. Um, and I guess always like, what is, what is the, you see what I'm getting at? Like, what is the actual, you know, toolbox of human psychedelics that we want to keep around that we want to invest in like mushrooms, psilocybin. I, I think I'm, I'm the biggest fan of, in terms of potential <coughs> and in terms of, um, being practical and available for every human on earth and part of a mental health awareness revolution, but uh that's something like psilocybin i can microdose it i can do it every morning and enjoy it and and it might be fine um i don't know if that's sustainable i've experimented with it for like a week i did about a week at a time microdosing every morning loved it i i could i do that every day maybe i'd want to try um and and with slightly lower and slightly higher doses if i could have you know an unlimited reliable supply uh lsd seems like a much more involved experience i've seen people do lsd and go to parties and i'm like oh my god how are you out and with people like why aren't you like because i do lsd and i just like want to stare at the clouds and meditate and you know it's it's a very you know nature grounding connected and introverted meditative and, and sometimes intimate or romantic experience but it's not like party or do it every day it's like a special thing like with psilocybin I could microdose every day. I could take a moderate dose for a party. I could take a mega dose for a day long meditation experience. If you had unlimited access to psilocybin in every form possible, would you even do DMT at all? You know, what would it would be like, you know, nitrous. I like doing nitrous, I'll admit. I go to parties, get a big ass balloon, sit and fish out on the couch and like get that funky nitrous high. But like, would I if I had everything else? Would I do that at all? I say this as I say. What it comes down to, I think the Tubes said it best in their song when they said, 
what do you want from life okay it depends on the specific individual okay i don't uh, i don't advocate everybody take lsd okay because some people uh, it, lsd it depends on your frame of mind that you're in lsd will you know blow that so big that if you're in a bad frame of mind you have a bad trip if you're good in a good frame of mind you have a good trip if you're a good person you basically have a good trip if you got a lot of shit going on a lot of heavy stuff that stuff gets really blown up and you don't have a good trip now mushrooms is different mushrooms is a body type of high that affects your mind a little bit more or not as much as lsd is a mind high doesn't affect your body as much at least that's the way i've gotten it so that so when we're talking about toads and dmt and and you know these different things i think which are the ones that are a waste of time you know i think everybody should experience everything that they safely can uh by the way i, I love that mark normand uh tells a, a whole a great bit in, in his stand-up uh about mental health and it's like there's this gym culture you know they have they have these t-shirts that say like beast mode on and like no pain no gain like we need to have t-shirts that celebrate the therapy culture and mental health like no dad no problem you know when <laughs> someone goes to the gym and says i'm gonna go work on delts and pecs you need to say well oh yeah man i'm going to therapy i'm gonna go work on accepting love and letting go of the past you know how to think about in terms of the potential for the, these psychedelics it's really that thank you jim it's really that mental health revolution that, that goes along with it that's so empowering and this is where where i want to ask it, not just as an individual but as an activist you know what should we be pushing what should we be exploring should i should i go out and collect cacti i've i've heard that people have had very powerful experiences with mescaline um, I've only had one very mild experience that didn't really do much for me. Um, so I can't say, uh, but anyway, that's, that's why I'm excited about this. Like, is it worth, so I go I get back to the question, Ted, you want me to go start wrangling up fucking, I mean, I don't want to push anything. You ask, what should we push? I don't want to push anything. Okay. All of these things that we have on this planet around us are things for us to use when we need, okay? I don't think we have to push anything on anybody because if we try and push something on the masses, there's a portion of the masses that are not, it's not good for them to get what we're trying to push, okay? So I don't think pushing not anything push. is- I absolutely regret using the word push, but but promote and champion and encourage lovingly and and, and pursue as part of our own pursuit of, of mental health <laughs> optimization. Uh, by the way, I got, the reason I brought up that Mark Norman bit, hold on, the reason, the, I gotta make one more point. The reason I, I wanna back up your point about LSD's not for everybody, it, it's like the Mark Norman bit, you know, I'm gonna go work on pecs and delts, I'm gonna go work on letting go of the past and accepting love. Well, it it's, when you talk about mental health exercises, you know, oftentimes doing psychedelics is like going to the gym for your brain. And okay. if you go and say, okay. I'm just going to LSD was used in the 20s and 30s. All right. Cary Grant in 1929 
three times a week, went into his therapist's office and took LSD and had his therapy under the influences of LSD because it was legal then. So my, my point is for a lot of people, no, but my point is for a lot of people taking LSD, if you are not overall emotionally fit, is like going into the gym with when you're obese and tiny muscles and you've never worked out in your life and trying to squat 300 pounds, you get crushed by the weight. Yeah, it can hurt you. Yes, I agree. Right? Is that a good analogy to explain what you meant there about LSD's not for everybody? Okay. My first experience with lysergic acid was uh, took a, uh, a floating down the Salt River in an inner tube with my friends in the summertime. Okay? And I'd never done it before, so I said, I don't know what it is, so just give me half of one. And I had a half of a dose of LSD, and it was a wonderful experience. It was like it was like the euphoria of marijuana only accentuated about 25 times, and I had the most wonderful several hours with my friends floating down the Salt River on an inner tube in the summer. Okay, and I was a I was a well-adjusted individual. I didn't have a lot of big, huge monster problems. I was with my friends. It was a good atmosphere, and it was the perfect ex- beginning experience for me to help me understand. Hey, this is this is something that helps me think more clearly about everything. Okay, and that's what that's what made me love LSD. Okay. I love LSD, and I can say I love LSD, but I don't take it all the time, okay? I rarely take it, and that's if I can come up, I run into a trusted source, then I might get some, maybe get a little extra for later and share it with my friends other times, but as we're keeping a stock of a 1,000 tabs, that's not me, okay? I mean, I'm prepped. Well, hold on, uh, let me, so, Ed, hold on. Let me ask you a hypothetical question then about LSD. If okay. you had cheap reliable access to perfectly safe LSD that you knew was exactly in the right format, exactly the dosage that you wanted. And and by the way, LSD is actually pretty cheap. Just everybody knows this. Like it's, it, it, it's expensive only in the logistics and the overhead and making it happen. And, 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 and maybe finding somebody sometimes, but I mean, from what I understand, you buy LSD in giant sheets when, when people make it and they sell it in quantities, it's actually very inexpensive. So if it was sold at a drugstore, you know, what you might get as a $20 tab or a $40 tab might be as little as 50 cents. And I know this because I have I have seen it offered wholesale, you know, for for like a, a dollar a tab in a big sheet. If you know what you're doing, you can make what people want and sell it to them for big money. I mean, so what that's would you do if you had that? But if, Ed, if you had that access, how often would you use LSD? If I had uh, access to a reputable source of what I want, I would stockpile a large portion of that and put it in my preps. But I wouldn't use it all the time, and I don't think I'd microdose every day. Okay, okay so, but uh, that's not what I'm saying. Let's let's say five years from now, our most optimistic projections about the drug war ending come true. Okay. And LSD is now available online by mail order, okay. very safe and reliable at the gas stations. At a, at a, 
Yeah, not, okay. No, like CBD. I'm, not, I'm not, not that optimistic yet, Jim. And actually, honestly, because I think the usage of it is 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 so small in quantity, I don't think people are going to be doing like like runner. Like I think if acid was perfectly legal, it's not like everybody would be running around on acid all the time all of a sudden. Um, it, it would be sort of limited use or be very subtle. It would be more like you order it online like supplements or something, um, but you would have a reliable source and you could order it uh, from a facility that was sort of an, a, an above board business in the sense that they were able to be transparent on the internet. You see where it's made and, and you order it online, you know, and you get a hundred tabs for 10 bucks and, and it's exactly what you need. And there's no legal threat whatsoever. You know, you've already got your prep stash. It's, it's that cheap. It's that reliable. Maybe it's, you go to the drugstore, and, and, and here's another possibility with it, right? It's, it's, it's kind of a controlled substance in how it's distributed in an appropriate way for safety. And I fucking hate the government would be the mechanism of this. So, but maybe like you go to the drugstore, hold on, you go to the drugstore and, and the pharmacist screens you the way a responsible drug dealer doesn't give drugs to people who are crazy. You know, a, a, a pharmacist will say, oh, you'd like to buy some LSD. Well, here, here, you know, let me ask you these screening questions and warn you about these risks. And then here you go. I'm MP game, empty. Empty says, how about you three have an Adam versus the man on LSD episode? I'm game. I'm All right. All right. I've, been, I've been sitting here quiet just for the record because Jim Freedom, unfortunately, has never taken that ride on Lakeshore Drive. So. Ooh, hey, guess what? So Jim Freedom is on. I don't even LSD have anything to offer on that. I bet somebody else said in the comments earlier that I'm sitting here all quiet because I've done more drugs than both of you, but that is absolutely inaccurate. I guarantee it. It just looks like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I may just look like it. I'm an old hippie like that, but I'm See, one of them non-drugged up hippies, I guess. David Bruce. David, would you please tell us how old you are? Because he says tripping every weekend adds up, in my, my opinion. Need big breaks. An occasional thing for me. I'd like to know how old David is because I'll tell you what, when I was younger, I could do it. But now that I'm older, you know, it's, it's different now. I have to recuperate from enjoying myself sometimes. Well, you know, uh, we do. By, that, that leads me to uh, one tease ahead, a good news story we've got for tomorrow for all us getting old farts. Um, this is from studyfinds.org. Better brain power which, with age, some mental abilities actually improve after turning 50 and it's a uh, focus and what is it um anyway there are a couple we're gonna get into this tomorrow but my other point is ed i think you're making an excuse because metabolism what was it what was the age there for bruce 51 okay so 51 uh, the idea that your metabolism decreases with age is actually a, a laziness myth it's not it's it's not a thing and and i've seen you bust your ass here you know working manual labor yes there is a point of decline with age when people get to like if, if you're perfectly healthy your whole life it's like 60 70 you know metabolism it doesn't fall off it's because other things set in and it slows down but if like i i know that certain things decrease certain things increase but i'm 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 in the best looking shape of my life right now at age 39. 
And I know that it, I could make the excuse, oh, I'm, I'm turning 40, my metabolism's slowing down. And that's bullshit. And I think the th same thing with the mental refreshment. If anything, I bet what you're saying here would be disproven as the reasoning by the science. And it's more psychosomatic. Ah, I'm young and I'm reckless and I can recover from stuff. But the brain's ability and the to be refreshed by the body's metabolism. This was a story we covered a week or two ago on Good News Friday. And I'm like, oh, good. Your metabolism actually does not decrease with age the way it is commonly thought to as a myth and is more or less sustained throughout your life rather than you know, gradual decline. Oh, I know. I, at 63, I know I'm at least low T. I know that. My testosterone level is pretty low, not, but not as horny as okay. You. I don't mind a low testosterone level because I just buried a, a brother-in-law who died of prostate cancer at sixty, and I know the higher your testosterone level, the higher your incidence of of can prostate cancer is. So, I think there are a lot more things that would negatively impact your likelihood of getting prostate cancer, like BPAs and toxic bullshit in your diet and pharmaceuticals but yeah that's one that's one thing um but to this to this point about what would that ideal usage be i didn't expect to get so we're still on our weather block aren't we um we're still on psychedelic frogs yeah yeah no well this is this, so but this is this part of the conversation is something that i have actually wanted to have for a long time because we've talked about psychedelics we've talked about specific psychedelics we've talked about the legality we've talked about mental health we've talked about the social and 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 government evolution and, and institutional evolution around the end of the drug war and humanity just being open and realizing the potential not just of like i mean cannabis being one obvious one we're still fucking figuring out uh but lsd uh you know talking about that today is not often discussing these terms because i think the organic alternatives are going to be safer and, I, and i'm more excited about those for the long term this is one of my biases about mushrooms and psilocybin but i don't know that that's true like do we have scientific studies comparing the you know long-term safety of lsd versus psilocybin i i kind of doubt it uh maybe we could tease that out of existing scientific data Gray says, I've oh, taken so many psychedelics that I kind of got over them. I didn't even know such a thing was possible. That you get, you know, you, you, if you're looking for something to fill oh. a hole and it doesn't fill that hole, you move on. That's true. And Adam just fell into the hole. <laughs> He's on a loading screen having technical issues i have to pull him down here i want to do dmt but one gotta wait but i gotta wait well, i gotta wait yeah you know i i have gotten my life to the point where i do I, i'm more uh castinated about these things you know carlos castaneda and uh, you uh warrior only takes that which presents himself that which presents it to him uh uh oh, castinating warrior but in order to, to get his friend Mescalito, he would start at one point in the desert and pick another point and start walking. And as he walked, if, he, if Mescalito presented itself to him, then he would harvest it and use it. And if Mescalito did not present itself to him, he would not do anything. And they would 
go yeah. through the door and if so they come across they so i don't go out and look for substances but in my daily life if i run into a substance oh hey you know hey i trust you and you got something all right i'll get some and that's when i end up getting something and then i use it and i see my my life going on in a long train of lessons and it lsd is one of those things i use to work out my problems i mean i can think deeply you know like you said oh go to a party on lsd all those people no i'd rather sit in the forest and look at that and think about stuff that's that's an inward journey that I understand and I love, okay? I can get, I can trip and go out with parties and we can all trip together and have a good time if that's the intent, okay? If I wanna, if I got a really bad problem I wanna get over and I just can't figure it out, I can take LSD and meditate on that problem and the answer will come and I can accept it and I've used that to work out a problem and further my life to the better. Well, if I was going to be on something at a party, I don't think there's a single psychedelic I wouldn't choose over alcohol. Yeah, no doubt. As much as, much as the idea of uh, being on, you know, I, I, I think if it was something before I'd be around other people on something deliberately socially, I would want to have experienced it myself first. And I know right. like, to me, a lot of this is scary. Like when we talked about Bufo earlier, I described it as like a controlled poison dose. It's like every right. time you go drink alcohol, alcohol is poison. Alcohol right. will kill you if you drink enough of it. That's the yeah. case with every poison. It will kill you if you take enough of it. If you take Same a controlled dose, magic things happen. And it can be very critical to alcohol is one of those even more dangerous things that you can die from on the withdrawals. Like you quit drinking. Oh, if you yeah. drink regularly too much and then you just quit cold turkey, that can kill you in itself. The lack yeah. of it gets that dependent. Your body gets that dependent on alcohol, like unlike any other drug, you know, like heroin. Yeah. You get dope sick, but you're not going to die just from the overdose or the withdrawals of heroin. Yeah. But alcohol, you will actually die. Yeah. From it. It's crazy. Yeah. Could could maybe all of that be the reason why I haven't had a drop of alcohol since March 22nd, 1983? Well, I got you guys up here. Let's do one more uh, headline. This is out of, before we get to our COVID block. Uh, this one's relevant for my two fellow terrorists here on screen here. Uh, blacklistednews.com. DHS, white Americans support the Taliban and are poised to carry out terror attacks at any moment now that is obviously wow. a simplified like hilariously simplified head like almost almost irresponsible but uh i'm much more likely to believe blacklistednews.com than uh than the government but this is dhs it, it should say some white Americans, right? It's, it's, it's you would just suggest right. like all white Americans. No, no, but there are some white Americans who support the Taliban. And there's the American Taliban right there. Uh, Homeland Security had Alejandro Mayorkas together with his underling John Cohen and the propagandists at the Anti-Defamation League went to CNN on Wednesday to, to drop a new blood libel smearing white Americans as domestic violent extremists in line with the Taliban who are poised to start committing terrorist attacks at any moment. 
all the same tactics. Our globalist overlords used to smear all Muslims as terrorists in order to launch the war on terror in the Middle East are now being used against the American people to launch a new domestic war on terror here at home. Now, this particular, uh, what is what is this quote, CNN, um, as the United States-backed government in Afghanistan fell to the Taliban and U.S. troops raced to leave the country, white supremacists and anti-government extremists have expressed admiration for what the Taliban accomplished. Like, well, yeah, put me as one of those anti-government extremists next to the white supremacists. Uh, I mean, this this latest thing is relevant for the moment that we're in right now. I want. I, I'm thinking when we come back with Adam versus the man, uh, you know, in, in three and a half weeks, that we're going to be part of the anti-terrorism news network. If you're not with us, you're against us. And if you're not with us, you're with the terrorists. And the terrorists are the government, you know, and, and the terrorists are everybody who wants to dominate and control you with authority. Um, to make it clear that we, we're the anti... You want to make terrorism the worst thing? Well, then, fuck you. We're the anti-terrorism news network. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you, you guys are being labeled terrorists again now. Yeah. Nothing new. Yeah. Uh, I'm used to the word extremist, but they're they're up in it a notch with the full escalation of the word terrorist. But hey, you know, gray man, call me what you want. I don't care. I I think it's I think it's time to either like embrace this sort of tongue in cheek because we could also call ourselves the terrorist news network. You know, our network includes such outlets as the Taliban propaganda arm. You know, or, or the guy who's you know the, the, whatever they call their their uh, public relations department on Twitter, right? You could say we are in the news, the, the terrorism news network. We are proudly here to terrorize the terror. But no, I think we could just go, okay, well, we're the anti-terrorists. If you're not with us, you're against us. I, I don't know. I think there's something we have to do to, again, to kind of protect ourselves from this. And I think if we make it a segment in the show every week, by the way, Adam versus the man is part of the anti-terrorism news network. If you're not with us, you're against us. And by the way, the anti-terrorists include the Taliban and blah, 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 blah. And the terrorists are, you know, the American government. I want one of these shirts, Adam. We'll get it. We'll get it in a month for you, Ed. I promise we'll have merch. If the, troops, if the troops defended freedom, they would attack the government. Man, yeah. that, that'll live forever, buddy. Yep. I love that shirt. It's one of my favorite. I was out just yesterday in that shirt. I was on the show in the shirt, and I went out yeah. in the shirt. And I had two different people throughout my day at two different places saw my shirt and said, hey, I like that. That's yeah. A, yeah. A, you know, they looked yeah. at me like, fuck yeah, man. The government is the enemy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, people are waking up. I don't care what they say. Yeah. yeah. Preppers are being singled out as terrorists because... We're self-sufficient. We're not dependent on them. They need everybody dependent on them so that they're superior and important and in charge. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. I like the word extremist. I like that they called me an extremist better than a terrorist because extremist is like 
that's kind of accurate. I mean, some shit's going on. It's so fucked up. We need some extreme measures to take care of this shit. Terrorists just kind of, you know, it, it almost, it sounds like terror, which is a horrible word. And is like, you're someone that inflicts terror on others. You know, I just don't like the idea. So, Extremism though, seems more accurate. Well, then I, I, we're Truth really is treason. about this. We're, Truth we're, I want to incorporate something in, in our messaging and, 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 and maybe develop some language for the movement as a way to talk about this that, that kind of protects ourselves. Like, we start calling us the, the anti terrorists or, or either, I don't like the idea of embracing it like tongue in cheek because it's like, yeah, terrorism is bad. Let's say, what's the real terrorist? Uh, or who's the real terrorist here? But this this blacklistednews.com article has one other point worth mentioning here. There's so little domestic terrorism from white extremists that the FBI has to manufacture fake terror plots and fund satanic neo-Nazi terrorist death cults in a desperate bid to create the false perception it's America's greatest threat. So that's what they're going to be trying to scare us about now. It, it includes a tweet here from at InfoLibNews. I don't know the source, uh, but it's a, it's FBI informant ran neo-Nazi terrorist group Adam Waffen Division got paid handsomely to radicalize troubled youth. This is, this is your government-sponsored terrorist. So I don't I don't know I don't want to um, you know ma we're not making this segment about all of that uh, if you want to if you want to check the sources again links at t.me slash Adam versus the man uh, thank you Jim so Sorry. I, I kind of want to appeal to the audience on this one too like wh where do we go with this you know if 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 they say if you're a libertarian you're a terrorist. Do, do we have to start identifying ourselves? Oh, no, we, we are the anti-terrorism libertarians, the anti-terror news network. And then use that as a way to, to reframe it? I don't know. It's almost It almost seems like we should just continue doing what we're doing. Like, don't change any branding at all. They're only calling us that because they're, they're more desperate to try to villainize us. But people that are listening aren't falling for that anymore. You know, be non-reactive, right? There you go. Yep. There you go. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. Well, then, gentlemen, we're gonna do some COVID vitamins and and then give out some misleading medical advice for our COVID block. If y'all are ready. Well, I'm in my wife's apartment right now, and uh, it's uh, no no in here. So. Yeah, you're the only one smoking today. All right. Well, fuck you guys then with your not taking your COVID vitamins, science denying bullshit. I hope you get COVID and die. Uh, Reuters.com. <coughs> there really is like, there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of trolling back and forth on COVIDism, and I think it is it is really important to identify. It as such that it is a religion, the religion of COVIDism. <coughs> That's, it's not, it's transcended 
even just worship of authority. That's a key component of it. I mean, maybe COVIDism is a sect of statism, right? And it's it's the like you think if we we make this comparison, I think a lot and and very well, uh, and and very importantly as libertarians, to point out that government is a cult, statism is a cult, belief in the virtue or righteousness of government is a cult that that exists in denial of reality around us. And if you think about what are people's actual religious beliefs? And this is where I, I you know, I, I love uh, pointing out some of the hypocrisy in modern mainstream American Christianity. You, know, you call yourself a Christian, but to whom do you actually tithe, right? Who, who do you actually give money? Do you give more money to the church or do you give more money to government? Who do you obey? To whom do you give allegiance? Who do you study? Do you spend time, do you spend more time like watching debates and reading news about the duopoly than you do uh, about your your Bible or your 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 Christ or whatever it is, your your real religion by your 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 actions, which speak louder than your words. You are not a Christian so much as you are a statist. You can say, "Well, I'm also a Christian." That's fine. Okay, but then that's subsidiary. That's a secondary thing. So religion is a primary belief system. Your primary belief system is statism. And so now there's the, if you, if you look at that framework, you see the parallels. Like what do, you know, the statists have, they have their magic symbols. They have their, their sacred songs. They have their sacred texts. They have their spiritual leaders. Well, in the case of government, we don't call them spiritual. We call them political. And is it is it not a religion because it's 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 sort of social and not spiritual? Well, at what point is that line blurred when your time and attention, your sense of morality, and your understanding of the world and yourself and your identity, these things that we think of as should be spiritual rather than political, are really now part of this statist doctrine, this belief system. So then understanding it that way, we have the we have the rituals of, of statism. I may go on and on the parallels of we go, oh fuck. Yeah, religion really is statism really is more of a religion than 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 a political belief. And and then you have you have sects of statism, right? You have your Republicans and your Democrats, and, and they, they get along. It's like like sects of Christianity under the you know the, this this broad broader uh, you know, unifying concept. There's sects of, of different nations, right? You could say that under the global religion of statism, which is the dominant religion, which has taken over the world, I'm in the religious minority. I am a libertarian. I am not a statist. I do not believe in the legitimacy of coercive authority. To me, that is the critical distinction. And you could say that in the world, we have sects that have territorial dominance as nation states. And within those, we have the sects of different political parties or demographics or ideologies, but they're all subsidiaries, sects of statism, whether it's liberalism or Calvinism or Hobbesianism or it's Stalinism or, or Leninism or Trotskyism or whatever. They're different sects of statism that all endorse the legitimacy of centralized coercive authority that is 
that when people come together and call themselves government or king or whatever, it's okay for them to violate basic moral precepts that basic moral concepts of don't hit, don't steal, don't kill, respect self-ownership and the non-aggression principle. Those don't apply when it comes to government. That's really the, the core of that belief system that we as libertarians, mostly well, those of us, I think who are libertarians, there are a lot of people who don't cross that line, who, who call themselves libertarians, like you know, Donald Trump has some libertarian inclinations, right? Uh, that uh, So we reject that fundamental premise of statism. And so now think about COVIDism. Is this like extremist sect of statism? And it, it kind of transcends the, 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 the sects can overlap. It's, it, and that's, it's true about Christianity too. I mean, think about it this way. Uh, well, like in my case, um, my, my parents uh, practiced uh, Presbyterianism and Judaism, but very, very casually. And I was like, all right, we're going to light a menorah and we're going to make lock keys, but we're still going to do the Christmas thing. And that's, we have the big night of presents. Um, you know, if you asked me as a kid if I was Christian or Jewish, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to answer that even. Uh, I'm a very small kid, I suppose. Uh, but like today, even for adults with Christianity, maybe your family is Catholic, but you marry uh, a Presbyterian in a Presbyterian church because her family's more serious about it. And uh, just logistically makes sense. And your Catholic family shows up and you have a Catholic Presbyterian fusion wedding. Oh, my gosh. It's not like you can't be both and, and say, well, I mean, you can't doctrinarily believe in everything that defines Presbyterianism and everything that defines Catholicism. I get that. But for most people, that's not Christianity. It's not like strict, absolute, logically consistent belief system to begin with. So to say, well, I'm kind of Presbyterian, I'm kind of Catholic. That's that's like that's a relatively common, acceptable thing for a lot of people who are very casual in their religious affiliations as Christians. Um, and then you have the Unitarians who have a more transcendent view of that anyway, and a more inclusive, fluid, accepting view. So. With that in mind, you go, okay, well, fuck, what is COVIDism? It's the, the, the like the religious fundamentalists. Like uh, they're, they're the, you know, the, I guess in the past we would call them the Taliban of the American political system. The COVIDists are the extremist religious fundamentalists of statism. And they are fucking dangerous because they are driving a hysteria that is pointing the guns of government at people who are innocent. It is making crimes out of things that should not be crimes. It is taking control of the primary mechanisms of government. But the thing about this religion of COVIDism that's so important to understand is that like all major organized religions throughout human history, there's been someone at the top who didn't believe that bullshit, who was pulling the strings. Some Ted Haggart motherfucker, you know, smoking meth and sucking off male prostitutes and saying, oh, well, I was holding for someone else and we were just getting a massage and talking about Jesus. Yeah, fucking right. Uh, Joe Rogan has the best joke about this, that like when he got caught, he went in a cabin in the woods with a bunch of priests and he compared it to, well, when I got caught smoking cigarettes, my dad made me smoke the whole pack. Uh, 
<laughs> I think they made him smoke the whole pack. And uh, if you think about the power that's been in charge of institutionalized Christianity throughout human history, the corruption of the Catholic Church, I mean, the, the, the sexual abuse of boys scandals. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But like, no, if, if you're fucking little boys, you probably don't believe what you're preaching either. Huh? Yeah, how about that? And so at the top of the system, we have the Pfizer CEOs. And, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to wait to get the vaccine until more higher priority people have gotten it. You know, I, I, I don't know who it was him or some other company, but you have you have the the, the major pharmaceutical companies at the at the heart of the the religious leadership of COVIDism. You have Biden, you have the Democrats, you have the Republicans who have bought into this. And it's not all Republicans to be fair, but it is almost all Democrats who have bought into and are driving COVIDism propaganda through the political channels. You have the mainstream media, and again, I refer you back to BlackRock Holdings and Vanguard Holdings, these two major companies that own together over half of the mainstream media and big pharma in the United States. So if there is a conspiracy, yeah, there is several dozen or maybe a hundred people at the top pulling the strings in these boardrooms who are the assholes driving COVIDism because they're profiting off it immensely. And as much money as the Catholic Church has, look how much the rich have gotten richer under COVIDism in such a short period of time. Fucking mind-boggling how much wealth has been concentrated in the hands of the few because of COVIDism. So deprogramming members of the COVID cult, the cult of COVIDism, I think this is possibly the most important thing that we can do as activists right now. Out of a sense of self-preservation, like I don't want to get swept up in this fucking shit anymore. I don't want to get kicked off any more airlines. I don't want to be banned from any more buildings I, because I choose to be unvaccinated. I want for us to get over this hysteria and deal with whatever real COVID threat there is in, in a rational way and deal with treatments for that and, and look at alternative therapies. But you can't. No, you can't do that. It's got, just take the pharmaceuticals. There's always this big push and it's why cannabis and psychedelics have been made illegal to push SSRIs, so selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, because they're the antidepressants like Prozac and Zoloft and all this bullshit that they feed you through big pharma and they do it because they keep away the natural cures. What would make you think that COVID and the vaccines would be any different from this? What's different is it's worse. It's bigger and it's more vicious. So in historical context, while I see human violence still declining overall, I cannot help but be concerned that there is a new era of medical tyranny opening up and it's made possible by the COVIDiots who signed up for the COVID cult and buy all the bullshit hook, line, and sinker and have embraced a fear-based mentality. And this is really the most important thing that you can get from libertarianism is don't fucking be afraid. Don't be afraid. We are the anti-terrorism news network after all. Healthy disrespect for authority on YouTube. The new thing in Australia, cops are now hacking into personal computers slash phones with the ability to search or commandeer social media accounts. Yeah, we, we got into that a, a little bit yesterday or day before yesterday. 
Was it Monday on the show? Yeah, the story from Australia with the app. Scary shit. Anyway, why can't we talk about natural cures like not being a fat ass and smoking pot that would uh, just being healthy, fit, taking vitamins, eating right, good natural, healthy foods? No, because they got pills to push. So Reuters.com, Pfizer, Merck launched new trials of oral COVID-19 drugs. So yeah, they will have treatment, but it's going to be pharmaceuticals that, that they're going to probably get mandated. Um, so they've got Pfizer's pill PF-0732-1332 and a low dose of ritonavir. And they're going to push this out. By the way, this is an older medication widely used in combination treatments for HIV infections. Eventually, this stuff at least will be measured, I guess. So there, there is Remember, I predicted at the beginning of this that the limit of this is that it could be bad. I didn't predict specifically how it would end or when it would end. I said, look, look this could end in a few months. This could take five-ish years for them to bully us all into hazmat suit bubble boy world. But, hey, at least we'll be able to get cheap bubble boy suits from China at that point. You know, and that's that's sort of the worst case. Like if the, if, if the pandemic really continues or they're able to continue the fear mongering, or there was some real pandemic, eventually it'd be like, all right, well, you guys can go out and do whatever you want, but you, if you're in public, you gotta be wearing a hazmat suit at all times. No? Okay. Um, then that's that's the world we live in, and it could get to that. I don't think it's gonna get to that you know, sci-fi dystopia. Uh, but what I, the way I see it sort of practically unfolding, which is kind of in between where I hoped it wouldn't be as bad and would be really kind of, further on coming out of it at this point and all the way to that hazmat suit world would be that uh, we're getting vaccines. We're seeing that vaccines compared to natural remedies are not effective. We're seeing that herd immunity through the vaccines is a myth with the Israel example. We're seeing that uh, with the Joe Rogan case, we got some fun stories about that today that you can treat it and beat it. And that there are going to be these pharmaceutical interventions is a phase and they might be mandated in some way for for treatment like if you've got covid you have to take this if you're going to be in this job i don't think they're going to get away with medication vaccines more uh mandates medication mandates more than they have with the vaccines but uh there is there are some scary possibilities here and that this is going to be pushed and people are going to buy it the same way that we bought pharmaceuticals for antidepressants you're going to see people buying into this, but but here's my silver lining: why we don't get to hazmat suit world is that these medications will be subject to clinical trials. They will be subject to side by side data comparisons with other other treatments for COVID. They will be compared to natural remedies in clinical trials, where you will have to see what science actually tells you is the best treatment for COVID to the extent that it can, I mean, there's so many other caveats that pills are coming. Merck said its new trial will, ex, will study experimental mental drug molnupiravir for the prevention of COVID-19. Um, so some of these are like, oh, there's so many bad mechanisms that will be exploited I see this is going on for, for somewhere in the range of one to two years. And by that, I mean pills 
and vaccines being the dominant thing before we start to see a data-driven shift away from, from inefficient and ineffective treatments. Theatlantic.com, the harms of masking young students are real. The educational cost of face coverings is far better established than the benefits of mandates. Uh, and it's funny because this is this is the Atlantic, this is mainstream, and this is a shift in the way the mainstream is being allowed to shift. When I said stuff like this six months ago, even a year ago, I'm, I'm getting shut down on YouTube. I'm getting censored. I'm getting videos pulled. Washington Post, MSN, it's not the first time we've experienced that. Anyway, Washington Post at MSN.com, Sweet Green CEO criticized after connecting the pandemic to unhealthy eating, incredibly fat phobic. What's wrong with being fat phobic? That's like being, being, I'm cancer phobic. I'm death phobic. I'm fat phobic. Yeah, I don't want to be unhealthily fat. <laughs> what? Yeah, this is crazy. Vaccines and masks won't save us from the pandemic. Jonathan Eamon wrote, but the sweet green CEO has a solution. Outlaw junk food. And I'm like, oh, nah, no, now you should be a... Uh, criticized for being a tyrant for saying that there's a government solution to a problem created by government. By the way, I love this. He has a chain. I, ne I never heard of it. So congratulations for him on getting sweet green, this promo. If I see one, I'm going to try it. They sell salads for 10 to 15 bucks a pop. And he did a LinkedIn post suggesting that obesity is the root cause of health problems, including severe coronavirus infections. As he said, 78% of hospitalizations due to COVID are obese and overweight people is there an underlying problem that perhaps we have not given enough attention to? Pretty fucking mild and polite to all the fatties out there. When it, You could be a lot more harsh about this. Uh, but one thing that I think he's missing, and this is, again, a very, very important uh, understanding. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm distracted as I'm reading this. Um The quote here, uh, the next one here, um, we clearly have no problem with government overreach and how we live our lives all in the name of health. What if we made the food that is making us sick illegal? What if we tax processed foods and refined sugar to pay for the impact of the pandemic? What if we incentivized health? And I go, yes, 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 but no, 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 you're missing the point. This is where I was going with this, is that we have clearly have no problem with government overreach. Yeah. We do have government problem, uh, problem with government overreach. But the thing is that I don't think the author sees, or at least he's, he's sort of portraying a narrative that is ignorant of the fact that America and the world's problems with processed food are not the product of the free market. They're the product of government overreach. The thing is it's hidden gov government overreach because it's in subsidization of the corn, subsidization of, for example, in the United States, the corn industry, because corn is so cheap and can be turned into a sweetener we have high fructose corn syrup and everything. Ah, no shit. And that's arguably the leading cause of America's obesity epidemic. So it, it, one of the comments on this that was funny, uh, yeah, yikes, this is incredibly fat phobic. Have you considered how our healthcare system systematically underserves people who are considered to be in those groups? Our healthcare system, I'm sure there's some like biases against overweight people in the healthcare system, but who's having the health problems that the healthcare system is treating? 
by and large. A lot of it is, and it's not just obesity, but chronic diseases based on personal choices, smoking cigarettes, uh, not not eating healthy, uh, eating too much, not being, not being being sedentary, you know, the leading. I, I don't know if, if that's the best way to describe it. But you think of those those four things, right? Those are the leading causes of death in the United States today. Yeah, it's it's more disrespectful. To fat people, to not acknowledge it. It's more disrespectful to fat people to pretend that it's not a problem. It's more disrespectful to a sedentary person to accept their lifestyle as normal. It's more dangerous to an obese person to just encourage them to keep eating the way that they have been. It's not a, a thing you do to someone in your life if you love them and they are a chronic smoker to just act like that's fucking okay. It's not, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's your fucking choice. I respect that you have made a bad choice, a series of bad choices. To find yourself in that position. I'm not special. I have gone through periods of being an irresponsible, unconscious tobacco consumer, smoking, filtered, manufactured, disgusting, fucking chemical-laden cigarettes. I have gone through periods where I have I have well, I've never been overweight, but I've I have eaten junk food consistently in a way that probably has taken years off of my life. Uh I I just eating processed food. Um, and to hear that people who, who the COVIDists say, well, if you didn't take the vaccine, you should die. It's, it's, it's a religion of fear that creates hate and disdain and actually wishing people poorly. So, um, I mean, if that's the only comment here, whatever. Uh, but yeah, good for uh, Sweet Green CEO Jonathan Neiman. Um, I endorse this message. Uh, if I see one, I'm gonna eat there. Suggest you do the same. Now, skipping ahead, just because I got the order of these stories wrong, Jim. Uh, Nationalfile.com first, if you don't mind skipping into the second Nationalfile.com story about Joe Rogan breaking. Joe Rogan got COVID, treated it with vitamins, ivermectin, ivermectin, and other drugs, recovered in three days. And, and this is despite having a really bad day. He said, I really only had one bad day. Sunday sucked, but Monday was better. Tuesday felt better than Monday. And today I actually feel good. I feel pretty fucking good. And one of the things that I want to point out about like, so this, so a couple things about the story. Like I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, Joe Rogan, by his example, leading by example, by just being open about his his health uh, challenges here, right? That's awesome, um, and that's that's a huge service to humanity for him to just come out and say, I, "I have COVID, and this is my experience," and being very direct about it. But what's critical is he didn't. He was he was in sort of an 
an intermediary case um, where he was having symptoms. He got tested. He was positive, but he's relatively young and healthy and is not really worried about getting it, getting it severely. But I'm actually surprised he got as uh, sick as he did with all the treatment. Now, what he said is he threw everything at it. He did all kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, z prednisone. Rogan's revelation that he had used drugs sometimes touted by, by vaccine skeptics to be COVID incited rage and despair amongst the corporate press. So it's, it, he, ha, he, the, the, what he, what's kind of critical is he's standing on his own judgment in the face of the bullying saying like, I did the research. I had COVID. These things are safe. Like ivermectin is used in humans. It's funny. They, they, it's all described as, Oh, it's horse medication, livestock medication. It's like, yeah, you can get it that way too, but it's used consistently, reliable, safely in humans. So that it, 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 there's guidance on this. It's not experimental in the sense that, oh, is this drug safe? It's experimental on how effective is it with COVID, but we have data on that too. I see a lot of comments weighing in here. What do we have here? It says, so we want to weigh in on alternative COVID therapies and a papaya and a tennis shoe tested positive, right? Um, well, so, it, so again, we're, we're looking at an individual case study, but Anomaly at Legendary Energy on Twitter, quoted in the story said, Breaking healthy Joe Rogan tested positive for COVID and is about to make authoritarians big mad with his quick recovery regimen. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible because because he said, I, you know, he had a bad day. He had like a really bad day being sick, but this knocked it out. And this regimen, people are going to be calling, you're going to hear about the Joe Rogan regimen. One of the things in the story, the last sentence, the news quickly went viral and publications such as the New York Times and the Daily Beast produced articles slamming Rogan for taking ivermectin, which is traditionally used as a horse dewormer. And it's true. That's its primary use. So, I mean, you want to talk about it whatever you want to talk about. But if you want to be responsible, then you don't just demonize people for this. So the Washington Post as this headline, Joe Rogan has COVID-19 is taking unproven deworming medicine. And it's, are they going to issue, are they going to have another story? Joe Rogan uh, recovered. Now, this is 14 hours ago. Um, you know, he was at least, I don't have the exact timing laid out here, but was he at least already recovering? So this is pretty amazing. Um, he said, just to be cautious, I separated from my family, slept in a different part of the house. And throughout the night, I got fevers and sweats, and I knew what was going on. So I got up in the morning, got tested, and it turns out I got COVID. Again, is the test 100% reliable? Mm. Rogan said he was now feeling great after one bad day on Sunday. After his diagnosis, he said he immediately threw the kitchen sink at the virus. Um, but what's, what's interesting uh, is that they, here they even have in the article, he's feeling better. But they said has COVID-19 and they're discouraging people from taking this, the FDA. And this is, this is, this is actually pretty clever. You are not, this is the, the FDA tweet that keeps getting quoted. You are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all stop it. 
um, and it's for people getting sick from the medicine. Why are people getting sick from the medicine? Is because they're not being able to administer it in the open. It's being driven underground. It's the same thing as with cannabis. Yeah, a lot of people who smoke cannabis laced with paraquat or who couldn't control the dosage or didn't know what strain they were again had bad experiences with cannabis. Now that it's legal, it's being done in the open. You don't have that problem. No shit. Um, let's see. I think I'm, I got my stories a little mixed up here. Skipping ahead, Jim, to nytimes.com. Then we'll get this straightened out. We get past COVID to the grab bag. To wrap up our good news, no, it's not a good, good news Friday. It's our catch up Thursday. Um, New York Times headline was Joe Rogan, a podcasting giant who has been dismissive of vaccination, has COVID. And it's this, this, this really disgusting framing that's embedded in that headline. Like, well, if you don't think vaccination is, is, is something to not be dismissive of, it must be because you don't believe in COVID enough. And now you have COVID. <laughs> righteous justice and it's it's a really it, like the new york times has become one of the propagandists not just of statism as it always has been but of covidism as well and part of it is is this bullying of people uh, linguistically colette allen my oldest daughter has covid out of curiosity she done the home testing and it said negative interesting well so how do you know you have it you know uh, or just a, a different version of the flu you know, anyway, Daily Beast, the other headline mentioned from that uh, nationalfile.com story, Joe Rogan says he has COVID, treated it with deworming medication. I feel great. Yeah, uh, at least they're giving him that. Uh, but this is definitely a very dismissive, dismissive, uh, mocking story about him because of the inclusion of ivermectin specifically. So, um, National file. Next story here, Jim. Breaking Colorado high school students perform mass walkout in protest of mask mandates. Chant no more masks. Just a quick. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Hey, if anybody uh, has any other protests like this they want us to cover or promote, please send me the links. Uh, one place, uh, Adam at the freedomline.com, my general email box. Uh, I usually am on that myself most days. But Telegram, t.me slash Adam versus the man, you'll be able to send me messages uh, directly there or at least comment on the post. And that's the one place I'm going to be looking. We get like almost no comments there. It's like one or two per post. We have like, what, 150 something followers there and insignificant. Uh, but I really do want to grow that. And I, I really am uh, excited uh, about Telegram as a, as a primary social media outlet for myself. So anyway, uh, up next, WND.com is interesting how religion is getting involved with COVIDism because you know, they don't like competing religions. Archbishop, Luciferian globalists exploiting COVID for great reset. Quote, there are two sides, the side of God and the side of Satan. This is not just anybody. Roman Catholic Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, a former Papal ambassador to the United States continued his criticism of the globalist Great Reset, warning in a new speech that corrupt civil and church authorities have joined forces to exploit the coronavirus pandemic in their quest to bolster global sovereignty. From nextgov.com, another economic follow-up story for our COVID block. 
Why are so many Americans leaving their jobs right now? A Microsoft survey of more than 30,000 global workers showed that 41% of workers were considering quitting or changing professions this year. Another big silver lining for all the bullshit of the forced unemployment crisis, the, another big silver lining of COVID season is that a lot of people are getting to pivot, to change their life. And, and I hope that covering stories like this has inspired people in our audience to take advantage of those opportunities and to upgrade or change their life. And for me, part of it is just being better prepared, living off grid and, and being more organized out here. So in this case, we see that this is a very common thing. Uh, of course, a lot of this has got to be driven by stuff that people are afraid to talk about. Because if you say, well, I'm thinking about quitting my job because COVID will make it fired and then be in a, a worse position. By, by COVID, I mean, oh, my, my, uh, you know, my, my employer is requiring shots or tests or masks or some other bullshit. Uh, so there were, there were someone behind this, let's see, an expert quoted in the story, Jennifer Glass, sociology professor UT Austin was asked, why do you think so many people are quitting their jobs? And she said, we are on the cusp of one of the largest retirements in history in the U.S., baby boomers. We knew that this cohort in particular was probably going to work longer because they don't have as much savings. And I think a lot of economists in particular were thinking that we would not see this massive retirement all at once because of that factor. But COVID threw a monkey wrench in that. So basically forcing retirement faster, uh, a lot of things being postponed. Uh, but this doesn't really get into why people are leaving their jobs. And I think um, COVID-19 policy has a hugely understated role in this. WSJ, Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. Grocers, prepare for possible snack shortages as Mondela's workers strike. Um, and, and they make a lot of stuff we'll get into. But just quick side before I forget on this one, the supply chain shortages. I went to Burger King yesterday. 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 I was out running errands. Had to go from here to Prescott. There's Burger King in Chino Valley. Thank God they have the impossible whoppers. I go in, the drive throughs closed. Signs, and but you can't read the signs because they're up on the menu and the microphone speaker. And there are cones like blocking off that whole area. So I had to pull up and go into the lobby. And the reason I had it blocked off is they are out of whopper meat. No whoppers. So impossible whopper, vegetarian option. Like, yeah, I'm taking care of. And I have, there's, there's almost, well, there are a few other people in the store or in the, in, in the restaurant. Uh, but they had, they, and they had a couple other options. It was like, oh, we can't make whoppers in America? All right, fuck it, we're done. This is not going to get better. I don't know what the implications are for you. Be prepared. Uh, I don't think this is going to lead to, okay, now we can't get food and grocery stores. Now Now people are going to be starving. But it might get to very soon here where you can't get what you want. It might very soon here get to food supplies are limited. You might be tapping into your stores. And I don't think they're going to let it. The powers that be can't let it destabilize beyond a certain point to people starving, but it could get close to that pretty quickly here. Retribution, uh, sender zero on YouTube. Yeah, they don't want 
you talking about supply chain breakdown. Yeah, I wonder at what point they're going to be suppressing this, right? This is, uh, oh, you can't, that's fake news. Supply chain, that's just in your area. They're going to want you to think at some point with this that everything is okay until they're ready to use this as the excuse for more government intervention. This might be like, uh, what was it? It was the old joke in Soviet Union or so in the old Soviet Union, two old ladies standing in a line for bread and one of them turns to the other and goes, can you believe it? In America, the government doesn't even bake bread for their people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need to. Uh, so retailers stock up on Ritz crackers and turn to other providers in the latest potential supply challenge for food sellers. U.S. grocers are bracing for potential snack food disruptions as a weeks-long strike at Mandela's International Facilities prompts fears of shortages in rich Ritz crackers and premium saltines. Wow. The strike now stretching into its fourth week slows production of the crackers or cookies such as Oreos or Chips Ahoy. Um, or in case the strike may, excuse me, uh, kicked off August 10 by unionized workers at a Mandela's bakery in Portland, Oregon, since spread to two other bakeries and three distribution facilities in Colorado, Illinois, Georgia, and Virginia. Workers are opposing changes to work schedules, overtime, and health care. Um, and again, understated story in this has got to be an intersection with COVID and COVID policy, just making things harder on everybody. So yeah, you can blame the COVIDists. You can blame the people who were hysterically pro-government through all of this for just bringing down everything, making everything that much harder. Even again, we were at a gas station in Gallup Monday, driving home, talking to this guy there, city health inspectors go to truck stops to see that every other table is shut down with signs and stuffed animals on the seat so no one can sit there or they harass them about it. So don't tell me that there's not a connection there. And that's our COVID block. We got 10 minutes for our big catch up grab bag here. Weed every day. All right, thank you, Snoop Dogg Dog. Snoop Lion. Thank you, Ed, for the, your baby. and smoke later. All right. So to Daily Beast at Yahoo.com, his name is Barbecue, and he's ready to plunge Haiti into war. Yeah, uh, if you want to catch up on this, since the assassination of Haiti's president, Hovenel Moise, on July 7th, the small island nature spiraled even further into chaos from a devastating earthquake earlier this month. The violent gangs gaining ground and rampant corruption within its elite. It is hard to see how the country will prosper. In fact, the current political elite's inability to deal with and then fix any of these issues is testimony to its unwillingness to care for its people who are forced to fend for themselves. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Cherizier, also known as Barbecue, former police officer turned gang leader, controls a small army of armed young men in the neighborhood of Delmas. Um, so, uh, he's running for the Senate, um, and it is it is uh, really interesting to see how this plays out. Fun story again. T. Me slash Adam versus the man for all of these notes. 
In theguardian.com, skepticism grows in El Salvador over pioneering Bitcoin gamble. And, you know, I, I didn't really predict this, but I see it happening uh, or saw it happening when we covered, you know, Bitcoin Beach and El Salvador doing this. There's going to be a big pushback from the banking class powers that be to try to make this massively cool experiment fail. Um, so country will be first to adopt cryptocurrencies legal tender next month, but economists are sounding warnings over risks. Well, geez, did those economists get paid by people connected to the central bank to defend their money racket? No shit. MacauBusiness.com. Uh, U.S. regulators use crypto lending platform over $2 billion fraud. And it's uh, this is BitConnect. Um, I didn't really get a chance to get into the story, but of course, it's a case of the government suing and taking money, not making victims whole. But uh, interesting battleground also unfolding there uh, in the crypto-sphere. From Fox5NewYork.com, China limits children to three hours of online gaming per week. Yeah, spawning lots of memes I have seen this past few days. Washington Post at MSN.com, corporate America launches massive lobbying blitz to kill key parts of Democrats' $3.5 trillion economic plan. And just to translate from statist into normal language, this is, hey, the Democrats have got a moment in history that they're taking as an excuse to spend $3.5 trillion, and all the very special interests are lobbying for their piece of the pie. Um, Australia, this was the, another story we didn't get to, passes identify and disrupt bill about internet control. A couple quick internet stories and security issues. Also next, threatpost.com. T-Mobile security is awful, says purported thief. Um, this is again, like just a, a quick cybersecurity reminder for everybody. Um, th there are you know, you, you can hold crypto and you can hold metals and you can hold other tangible assets in a way that can never be touched uh, by by thieves. But if it's in a bank account, if it's a checking account, I mean, anybody who has my debit card, which is like, I don't keep cash in my checking account with a bank where the bank can freeze my assets because government calls me a terrorist. No, nah, fuck that. Uh if you get to the next level of wealth and you have your assets managed, then you can evaluate the security of that particular uh, system. But if you have a password that allows you to access those managed assets and sell them and it's on your fucking phone or on your laptop or you've entered it into your phone or accessed it from your phone, none of that's safe. Sorry. That's just the reality of the world that we live in today. Shit's kind of slippery. Wall Street Journal again, CVS wants to be your therapist too. I think this is actually cool. Pharmacy chain joins Walgreens and Walmart in expanding in-person counseling at or near stores as more people seek mental health services. Now, I really wanted to connect this to our guest, um, Dr. Edelstein, Monday. Again, his website, if you didn't catch that, uh, please go back and listen to Monday's show. It's a really fun one. Dr. Michael R. Edelstein, uh, three-minutetherapy.com. In terms of the better techniques of empowering you to be your own therapist, I'm all for that. But hey, if the demand for therapy and this mental health awareness revolution that we're experiencing now is creating such a demand that a major corporation like CVS says, all right, we're incorporating 
walk-in mental health services, making it that available. Someone's just having a shitty time and needs to talk it out. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. This is, this is a really positive development. Again, I know I'd rather not see it happen through CVS, but that's okay. Uh, studyfinds.org uh, self-care crisis. Americans haven't had a day to relax in three months. Uh, this is, I mean, troubling headline. Um, one in three Americans haven't had a day to relax alone in over three months. Now that's, that's not really my thing. I, I don't, I, I mean, I know I'm like, shit, maybe I need, I need to try this. I just a day to just relax. Cause to me and, and alone, like, no, uh, yeah, I guess I'm more of an introvert. So that's pretty critical for me. Having a day to relax is me mostly alone, but to me, it's like, yeah, I want to go play outside. It's not relax. It's I want to be like, but that's, I guess that's, that's my version of a day. Uh, alone to relax is a day just enjoying my my property here and like the way I'm going to spend the rest of today at least I'm going to go put in some hardware next to our pump uh, get our, our water system maybe maybe finished 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 uh, and, and probably done uh, for what it is with our big water tank and the the, the pump and the, the three uh, the three waterheads we got here and, and I finally, finally uh, I'm going to go move some big rocks and get some some back workout in here and some exercise I'm going to pile up some big rocks i might even trim some trees with a chainsaw and cut up some wood and and uh chip some wood we really need to have chipped a juniper in the in the outhouse if, if it's just me pooping in there once or twice a day that's usually twice a day it's fine my turds will dry up but anytime there's more i gotta be gotta, gotta get that that wood shaved. So i'm gonna get gotta get our uh outhouse organized move some rocks cut some wood install some Plumbing hardware, that's my idea of a relaxing day alone. But if this is an important reminder for you, maybe it's go sit at a spa. You know, maybe it's read a book. Maybe it's organized shit. For some people, that relaxing day that you might need right now is to say, I'm, I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to put on music. I'm going to eat good food. I'm going to have a chill workout. Maybe do yoga with a video at home. I'm going to organize everything in my apartment. You know, maybe that's the day that you need. Friendly reminder from Adam versus the man via studyfinds.org. If you're one of those one and three, make that time for yourself. Like if you can't take, if you, if you can't find five minutes a day to meditate, you better find an hour. Lifesitenews.com, scary story in the transgender wars. And this is starting to, I'm, I, I do think this is escalating in a way that's sort of convincing me to get involved a little bit or, or at least, you know, cover it a bit more. And and stand up to the hysteria uh, around the sexualization of children and and gender issues that come up. I, I think the sexualization of children, the demasculinization of society as a whole, is is really critical to authority maintaining control. So this headline is: Toddler affirmed as transgender after allegedly trying to mutilate himself. A British boy is being treated as a girl after reportedly trying to cut off his genitals when he was three years old. Yeah. Random related sex story. Porn sicko, furious porn ambassador, says she would rape 13-year-old boy and blasts fuck the law and sickening unearthed video. You can watch that. Judge for yourself. I don't really care. Adult actress Asa Akira, whose who's work I'm, I'm, I've seen, uh, made the comments during an interview on a podcast in 2012. Might have been a joke. Might have been like, well, you can't rape a dude kind of thing. 
Um, but yeah, 13 year old boy wants to fuck a porn star. Go for it. Related story back page kingpins go on trial and sex workers may pay the price. Of course, libertarian. I told you so there. Um, from vice.com anti porn crusaders are going after Twitter next. This might be worth getting into again next week about how they're doing it with a lawsuit against Twitter. Like, how are you doing this? Finally, protocol.com. We're all caught up for the week. Internet shutdowns, a new authoritarian weapon of choice. Some 850 internet blackouts have been documented in the last decade in countries around the globe, 90% of them in the last five years. All of that and more at t.me slash Adam versus the man, including the sign from Burger King. I don't think we have time for anything else. Sorry, guys. It was great having you on screen earlier. Jim and Ed, thank you for helping make this a wonderful show today for our last catch-up on Headlines Thursday of th that we'll probably ever have with Adam versus the man and in this format. Promos. If you missed our promos, you can go back and listen to the ads at the beginning of the show. Mwah, peace and love you all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. <laughs>